it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And it's Paul Gleiser from Fox Across America affiliate, KTBB, Tyler Longview, Texas, sitting in for Jimmy today on this Friday before Memorial Day, a Friday that marks the beginning of a cage match between former President Donald Trump and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. DeSantis made it official this week. He's not going to wait until 2028, as Trump might like him to do, and as some have suggested that he should. He thinks this is his time. He's running for the nomination. Two guys who were allies are now gunning for each other. Trump lost no time. He said this about DeSantis. How about the fact that he had the third most deaths of any state having to do with the China virus or COVID? Even Cuomo did better. He was number four. He shut down everything, including the beaches. Other Republican governors didn't do that. They kept it open. It was their choice. I gave them all their choice. The Democrats blew it big. A lot of Republican governors did a fantastic job. Okay, look, you can be a Trump fan or not be a Trump fan. That's your call. We're going to make it your call today here on the show. But that's a crock. DeSantis's record on COVID is really what what set him up. He is um, it's arguably the best of any governor in the country when you consider all of COVID, not just the impact of the disease, but the impact of policy surrounding the disease, the impact of the lockdowns, the impact of government response. You add all that together, and the formula that DeSantis came up with turned out to be the right one. He correctly understood, while Fauci and company clearly did not understand, that there was no possible solution to the problem of the pandemic. There were only trade-offs. DeSantis made the right trade-offs. He got his schools and his state economy back open sooner than any governor in the country. Turns out he was right. DeSantis, uh, for his part, who uh, won his first term as governor largely on the strength of Donald Trump's endorsement of him, had this to say about Donald Trump this week on the Glenn Beck Show. Well, look, I would I would just say push back a little bit. I mean, I think he did great for three years, but when he turned the country over to Fauci in March of 2020, that destroyed millions of people's lives. And in Florida, we were one of the few that stood up, cut against the grain, took incoming fire from media, bureaucracy, the left, even a lot of Republicans. So uh, it's on. Game on. These guys are going to be going at each other. The question I have today, and I really want to hear from you on this, we're going to spend a lot of the time of the show today hearing from you. If the primary were held today, which of these two would you vote for? I want you to think about that carefully. Think about it. Don't give me your emotional response. Give me your, your, your thought-out response. Then call me, 888-788-9910, 888-788-9910. Here's the state of things in what's supposed to be the world's greatest nation that the next president is going to have to deal with. The country is $31.4 trillion in debt. That comes to 134% of the entire annual economic output of the largest economy on earth. No nation in history has ever owed so much. The U.S. Treasury is days away. We can't know exactly how many days until it's too late. 
from having neither the cash nor the capacity to borrow the cash necessary to make the interest payments on that debt. Now, to put that in relatable terms, the things that we can easily understand, imagine if in order to make the minimum payment on the MasterCard that's maxed out, that's due today, you need to get a cash advance on the maxed out Visa card because that's where the nation is. What is supposed to be the premier law enforcement agency in the world has just been conclusively revealed by a three-year-long investigation by special counsel John Durham to be cosmically corrupt. It's now undeniable that the FBI, I say again, a law enforcement agency, itself broke the law by actively interfering in the 2016 presidential election. It went on to then attempt actively to sabotage the administration of the winner of that election. You could call it a coup. That's the stuff that happens in banana republics and third world dictatorships. The FBI has further shown itself willing to use its awesome powers to intimidate, silence, and if they deems it necessary, incarcerate those who dare to speak or act in opposition to the political preferences of that agency's leadership. The FBI prosecutes its political enemies on any flimsy, paper-thin pretext. It gives its political allies a pass on clear, unmistakable, and deadly serious felonies. We know this, and yet nobody seriously believes that anyone at the FBI will ever be called to account or in any meaningful way punished. The FBI has become the state police force of the Democratic Party. Moving on, given the clear revelations from Hunter Biden's infamous laptop, only those who willfully willfully don't want to see can deny that the President of the United States has personally profited from payments made by agents of countries who are clear enemies of the United States. We call those, in plain language, bribes. No objective observer can dismiss the possibility, I would say, the likelihood that Joe Biden is compromised by malign adversary nations that include Russia and, most notably, China. The southern border of the United States exists in name only. More than six million social services consuming migrants have poured across it since Joe Biden took office. They keep coming. No one's trying to stop them. Such is the sorry state of things. Almost none of this is being accurately reported by the American news media. And as a result, a very high percentage of your fellow Americans are blithely unaware of just how screwed up things are. And I'm convinced that if more Americans really understood what is happening, their voices would rise up loudly enough to put a stop to it. All of this is only happening because we, the American people, are letting it happen. Too many of us are too busy getting the kids off to school and ourselves off to work to really spend the time to understand what's happening and to then be vocal about getting it to stop. Trump tapped into some of that in 2016. Things were in a sorry state in 1980 when a change in leadership in the form of Ronald Reagan came along. Ronald Reagan tapped into Jimmy Carter's infamous malaise. With uh, Reagan's sunny disposition and his innate communication skills honed, honed by a, you know, a career as a Hollywood actor, Reagan was able to turn the ship around. So the question we now face is this. Which of these two? 
Trump or DeSantis has the skills, the political dexterity, the determination, and frankly, the cojones to overcome an overtly dishonest and hostile media and an entrenched, malfeasant, diseased, permanent Washington bureaucracy to turn the ship around again. Make no mistake, the media is going to savage Ron DeSantis. They're going to double down, double down, and double down again on Donald Trump. The Democrats have already indicted Trump. If DeSantis gains traction, they're going to look for a way to indict him, too. In light of those things, which are absolute certainties, as certain as the sunrise, as certain as people are going to drink too much beer this weekend, which would you vote for if the primary were in your state were held today? Trump or DeSantis? 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. And since it's a holiday weekend, and since it's me, Paul Gleiser, sitting in for Jimmy Fallon, I have a bonus question for you today. What are your Memorial Day slash summer vacation plans? Travel demand, according to the, all the stuff you read, is back to pre-pandemic levels. Are you among the people driving that demand? Where are you headed this vacation season? 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser from Proud. Fox Across America affiliate KTBB, Tyler Longview, sitting in for Jimmy here on this Friday before Memorial Day and wanting to hear from you. 888-788-9910. We'll be back with your calls after this. Stick around. Taking the edge off one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on Outkick.com forward slash watch. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America taking your calls 888 888- 788-9910. I want to hear from you. Here's what um, Governor Ron DeSantis said on Twitter Spaces as he was announcing his campaign. Cut 10. There is no substitute for victory. We must end the culture of losing that has infected the Republican Party in recent years. The tired dogmas of the past are inadequate for a vibrant future. We must look forward, not backwards. We need the courage to lead, and we must have the strength to win. Well, there it is all summed up. The whole question is, who can win? Because if if one of these two guys can't get elected in November of 2024, we're going to get four more years of Joe Biden or something like him. So the question is, how do we win the 2024 election, and how do we win it decisively enough to actually start making the changes necessary to end this woke, leftward, anti-American communistic, uh, socialistic vector we've been on? That's the question. 888-788-9910. Denise, Mount Dora, Florida. You're our leadoff caller. What say you? Hey, Paul. Thanks for sitting in for Jimmy. Appreciate Thank what you. you're doing. Thank you. Um, so I'm here in Florida in the 6th Congre- Congressional District, which is where... DeSantis began his political career, and so he has been on my ballot since his very first time that he um, ran ran for anything. That was Uh back in 2012, and I have been voting for him ever since. Um, So I'm I'm just here to say that 
whenever he appears on my ballot, I will be voting for DeSantis. My vote is not against Trump. My vote is for DeSantis. I was thrilled with Trump as my president, and I voted for him twice. Um, and whoever is on my general ballot, I will vote for them. But I will definitely be, be voting for DeSantis. He has never lost. I would like to think I've had something to do with it, but um, he has never lost an election. He's down, according to the polls against Donald Trump, 20 points. You know, mm-hmm. as of your, or 15 to 20 points, depending on which poll you look at. That's a big gap. Trump has an, has yeah. an enormous lead. And, and, and he was way down in the primaries um, when he first ran for um, governor. I do know that I appreciate that um, President Trump uh, endorsed him. Um, and, to, and to your point, when DeSantis won by the slimmest of margins, and man, are we so lucky that he did as governor. But when he won by the slimmest of margins, he enacted his agenda guns blazing. I mean, from day one, he was all out um, and, and got it done. He did not look at it and go, well, let's see, what are the polls? And I didn't really win by much, and I better, I better do it easy here so that I can make sure I get reelected. He was, he was guns blazing from the, from the start, and it was awesome. Um, and he, he, his record got us that huge win. Um, by almost 20 points here recently. So well, you, you've, watched, you've watched an election there in Florida. We didn't get to see with the same level of detail because we don't live there. What the left? Mm-hmm. What did the left throw at him? What they accuse him of? What you know? <laughs> what, 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 did, did, did he oh, pitch yeah. his, his his junior prom girl on the butt or something? They're going to try to bring uh, no, back out? No, they they never came after him with any these sexual things that I can recall. But they did. I remember it was the silly thing we had. It was um, Andrew Gillum that he was running against for the Democrat, who happened to be an African American. And in some of the comments, uh, Ron said something like. Um, we're not going to be monkeying around here. And oh my word, oh, they geez. thought that was oh, a racial. God. That was ra- well, it's clearly, it's clearly racist. <laughs> it's clearly racist. How can you not see that? I know. And I was like, "What are you guys talking about? We all say, we all say that. We all say we're not going to monkey around." And what are you? We so sometimes it, call it. We sometimes and, call and, a spade yeah. a spade too. You know, sometimes yeah, that yeah, happens. Exactly. Well, hey, no, listen. They tried, they tried that before. Denise, I've got you down. Is We have one tick mark under the DeSantis column here. It's one for DeSantis mm-hmm. here on, on Fox Across America. Appreciate your call, Denise. Have a great weekend and a safe Memorial Day. That frees up a line, 888-788-9910. Travis, also in Florida, in Pensacola. You're next on Fox Across America. What do you have to say? Hey, Paul, thank you for taking my call. I think this is my opinion. I think no matter who we pick, uh that the only way the Republicans are going to win is we got to learn how to be as good as the Democrats in attaining votes, harvesting votes, getting votes. The Democrats are already on the ground with forces on voting night. They're going to get as many votes as possible, and they outflanked us. They outflanked the Republicans. So we've got to be have more tenacity voraciousness of closing in on votes as the Democrats do. 
My opinion. Yeah, hold on. Let's amplify on that. Then I want to know your your call on on one of these two. But let me amplify on that. As a Republican, just as a traditional guy, I am really, really not big on early voting. But Republicans, having said that, Republicans better embrace it. Because the Democrats clearly have, and they walk into Election Day up by a million, two million, by depending on where you are, they're up by a lot of votes the day you walk into the ballot box. We got to get good at that. We have to understand it's a fact of life. You're right, Travis. You're right about all that stuff. The Democrat, we're we're, the Democrats are real good about going out and collecting votes. We got to be we got to be a lot better. So, who you going to vote for? I think uh, this is my opinion. Uh, my wife and I disagree all the time. I don't think it's DeSantis's time yet. I think it's very important as the United States in this uh, this history, part of history, we got to let Trump finish out what he was trying to do for America, get him back in there for four years. Uh, the reason I think that's extremely important is that, you know, the deep state and the media, they hit a lot of people with fatigue. And they just a lot of people are 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 sliding away from, shying away from Trump because they don't want all this drama. Well, if we do that as a society, you're going to let the d- deep state and media win. I think we the people we stand up and say, look, you can do all you can, all you can, but we're going to put the right guy as the president. None of what you're going to do is going to change our vote. And I think that's important because if we do back off. They're going to do the same thing because it works. They, the reason the Democrats keep doing all this stuff is because it works. The, whoever else gets in there, they're going to have impeachments. They're going to have phony – everything's going to be phony again. It's going to be a whole other Trump over again. So I think we make a statement as we the people, no matter what you're going to do, just we talk. We're going to we, – we rule the country, not you guys. So I think if you have somebody else that gets in there, it's one up for the media, and it's one up for uh, uh, the deep state. They got it. They finally fatigued us out to look for somebody else, and they finally got Trump out of there. And you can count that as a win for them. And you just well, can't let it happen. Can't well, it happen. except you, you have the problem of about approximately 55% of the electorate is in the big mushy middle, and you got to win a majority of those uh, in order to win the general election. And uh, Trump, Trump's got problems in the, in that big mushy middle. There are a lot of people that are truly, truly turned off by him, and that's what scares me. I'm not pro-Trump, anti-Trump. I'm pro-win. I want whoever can win, and that's why I'm being very careful about how, how who I choose. More of the show coming up after the break. Hope you'll stick around. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. It is Fox Across America. I'm Paul Glides. You're sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Has the day off. He'll be back on uh, 
Tuesday. I don't know what the plan is for Memorial Day. I shouldn't just jump off and say that. But nevertheless, it's me today taking your calls. I'm not near smart enough to do this show myself. As I just demonstrated, I need your help. So call me, 888-788-9910. I want to hear from you. If you're just now joining the show, the question on the floor is this. If you had to vote in your state's presidential primary today, based on what you know about both of these two men, Ron, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, or former President Donald Trump, which one do you pick? 888-788-9910. Dan, Charleston, South Carolina, you have the floor. You're next on Fox Across America. Dan, you there, man? Yes. Okay, Dan, go. Don't blow it. Go. Hello, Dan. Don't want you to lose your chance, but we're going to have to move on. Mike, Mike in Green Bay, Wisconsin, you're next on Fox Across America. Hey, Paul. Uh, I just wanted to voice my opinion. If I had a vote tomorrow, I would vote for DeSantis. And the reason is crystal clear is because President Trump has lost three election cycles in a row. He literally handed the Democrats the presidency, the Senate, and the House. If not for Ron DeSantis and Lee Zeldin, we might not even have the House right now. Compared to well, DeSantis, you, right? Go ahead. You, you, you know, you raise, a, you raise a very, very good point. You raise a very good point. You know, it the, the thing that really that that saved what was supposed to be this blow away wave in, in in 2022, the thing that saved it was the big turnaround, the huge victory by DeSantis in Florida. No question. And and Lee Zeldin and and Ron DeSantis should have been at the House of Representatives, slamming that gavel because they're solely responsible. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, President Trump's turned the red wave into a red drip. And meanwhile, we've got Ron DeSantis, who is young, he's fresh, he's new, he's got an awesome track record in Florida, but also he is 5-0. and And his launch on Twitter was a little bit of a disaster, well, let's admit it. But I also give him a little bit of credit of thinking outside the box and trying to beat the Democrats at their own game, which was social media. Back in 2020, it didn't go off well. We'll learn from that. But DeSantis is my man. And quite honestly, uh, Donald Trump has left a little bit of a trail of tears in my state. It's a purple state. And we have to win the purple state. It's just that simple. This is a, I don't see something. This is a thing that people fail to understand. People who are hard believers in Donald Trump, hard believers on the right. Here's the thing they fail to understand. They're not the people who decide who gets to be president. The people who get decide who gets to be president are the people in the middle, the so-called moderates, the so-called independents, the people who could vote either way, the people who, who will vote if they like the guy and stay home if they don't. It's those people who pick presidents, and that's the part that gets overlooked by a lot of people. And I have a long list of reasons for which I admire Donald Trump. I thought he ran a, in, given what he was faced with and given what we now know to be a completely bogus, malicious prosecution of the, uh, of the, uh, the, the Mueller probe and the, the Russia collusion hoax, given all the headwinds he faced, he accomplished amazing things in three productive years of his presidency. 
uh, prior to COVID. So I have nothing but respect for Donald Trump, the executive. I worry about Donald Trump as the candidate. I hear you and loud and clear. I voted for him twice, loved him as well. But I think January 6th is going to completely turn off the independence. And I think it also is a catalyst for the Democratic turnout. And my fear is, is that the Democrats will come out in droves because we have to remember when Joe Biden was elected, that roughly 30 percent of Joe Biden's votes were anti-Trump. Those people will be back. They will be back with vengeance if, if Trump is on the ticket. Yeah, you will. You have to live in fear of the of the Democrat voter who's only 20 percent likely to actually turn out and vote, turning into 90 percent likely to turn out and vote. That's and that's what. Yep. That's, that's that's a factor that you. That's what it did. It did happen in 2022. So yeah, I, I hear all those things. And but the the bigger, broader question that we have uh, here, um, Mike, is this: Can either of them pick whichever one happens to win the presidency? We're in deep trouble. We're in much deeper deeper trouble than we were in 1980. Can anybody overcome a deeply entrenched, deeply malodorous, diseased, permanent Washington bureaucracy and a now overtly hostile, making no pretense of objectivity media to, to, to convince, to get past all of that, to convince the American people that things have to change. One of these yeah. two is going to have to do it if it's going to happen. Can it be done? Uh, my viewpoint, yes, it's going to be a cage match. We both can agree on that. And I think that, Ron, if he gets elected, it's going to have to pick an awesome VP candidate. I'm kind of in the Tim Scott camp. I think that chair is unstoppable. With that being said, you're right. They're going to have to do a lot of cleanup in Washington. But I think both of them have the charismatic ability and the fortitude to put on the boxing gloves and to clean things up. I think that both of them have the record to prove that. First, sorry, I didn't mean to step on you. First thing that they do, first thing that any new Republican president does is head for the Department of Justice with with a pressure washer and some very, very strong uh, antiseptic and clean that place out. Totally agree. It's got to take ammonia. What are you talking about? It's not antiseptic. It's ammonia. It needs yeah. to be rinsed. It, it's going to take lye soap to clean that place. It is, it, is, <laughs> it is so unbelievable to me that the Department of Justice is making what I believe to be little attempt to hide its two-tiered-ness. It's, it's, it's not making a, even the, the most basic attempt to appear to be objective. They are, they are clearly par- partisan. They clearly will prosecute their enemies and give their friends a pass. And that has to change before anything, any other good can be done. I think it preempts tax policy. I think it preempts fiscal policy. I think it get preempts um, uh, the budget. I think it preempts um, fixing Social Security and making it financially viable for the future. I think until you clean up the Department of Justice, no other good thing can happen. I would agree with that. The only the only thing I would add is we can't go into it with an attitude of retribution. We have to go into an attitude of we're going to clean house, and for those that are guilty in the past, we will hold them accountable. But I don't I don't think that that attitude of retribution 
blanket carpet bomb, I don't think that's going to work. They have to no. be tactful about it. They have to clean out the bad eggs and then and then move on from there and look forward to a much brighter future. No, it, it can't be vengeance. It has to be um, uh, it has to be from a perspective of fixing a problem. It can't be vengeance. Hey, listen, Mike, appreciate your call. Good insights. That opens up a line, 888-788-9910. Another Mike, Utica, New York. You're up on the Fox Across America. Mike, what do you say? Actually, uh, by doing what we're talking about is diluting the Republican vote. Uh, actually, the, the, the ideal situation would be if Trump ran and if DeSantis ran with him as a vice president. Never going to happen. Tied up. And it'll never happen. You're right. But that's never going to happen. happen. It should happen that way. Because if there's no cooperation between that, you're diluting the Republican vote immediately. And we can't have that happen. So it's really some, something that, and if DeSantis can run on the next one, he, if he was vice president on this voting situation, he could he could run as president, and and he, Trump can bow out at that point. Mike, I'm going to I'm going to for eight years. I'm going to ask you this question with all the respect in the world: What color is the sky on your planet? Because none of what you describe can happen on this planet. There is. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, but this is what should happen, and it's the only way it's going to happen. Otherwise, you're going to have a, another democratic disaster. And I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I, I hate to beat a dead horse, but the, I, I'm an accountant. Well, I was one before I retired, and and the, the amount of votes uh, came out to 47 million votes for. Uh, if you add, excuse me, <laughs> I tried to figure this out. 80, 800 million was for I think uh, for Biden, and 700 million was for I believe Trump or something like that. In any case, it, it came out to 47 percent of the population voted, and 47 percent of the population has a, a legal right to vote, and they're all registered. That's impossible. Go back to any other in any other uh, election. I don't think you'll find that that many votes could be possible. And, and could be legal. Let me give you some okay. some some tighter math than that. First of all, it's not forty-seven million or seventy-four million. It's seven. It's um, yeah, it's seventy-four million, not seven hundred forty million. But right, here's right. There you go. Yeah, but okay. but but here's the real number. It was forty thousand votes that made the difference. It was forty thousand votes in four states. Yeah, it's that but, tight. But it come as a total. But I, I don't see how the thing is. People talk, talk about the popular vote total, and I could care less. That's talking. Yeah. That's like talking about yeah. the the game on on Monday morning about uh, the, who had the most first downs. It doesn't right. matter. The only thing that matters is the electoral college votes, because in America the people don't elect the president; the states do, and it gets down to what happens in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Georgia, Arizona. That's really what it gets down to. Your four or five states going to make all the difference, and it could be a it could be a single county in one of those states that makes the difference. So it gets mm-hmm. down to a tiny number of votes. True. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> I'm just wishing <laughs> they can get together. So that's all. That's, that's the only way to get to it. Otherwise, it's going to be a disaster. Okay, but so I'm still I'm still going to nail you down because eventually you're going to have to pick one. Are you Trump or DeSantis? Trump. Okay, Trump. I got you down, Mike. Appreciate it. 888-788-9910. We have time for one more call before the break. Let's come to Texas. It's Tay in Fort Worth. You're up. Tay, what's on your mind? Hey, um, I would go for DeSantis all the way. 
And that is because? Well, to me, it's kind of the elephant in the room. But uh, I, I don't want a president that's mean and hateful. I want a strong president. But I don't want one. Uh, the only time Trump smiles is when he's making fun of somebody else. And I just don't like that. And I think a lot of people don't, you know. And uh, he's, he's just determined to make a lot of en enemies. And um, I just I just like DeSantis. He's, he's uh, I mean, I'm not saying he's weaker. I think he's stronger, in fact. But um, I just don't want a president like that. Do you think DeSantis, there's two questions you have to address from that, posi from that position, Tay. Number one, do you think he can overcome what today is at least a 15-point deficit against Donald Trump in, the, um, in the, the Republican primary? And then number two, yeah. do, you think, do you think he can win a general? And, and why do you think that? Well, um, I think that... Um, I think he can win, and I think a lot of it is because of what I said before. And um, uh, I think that the reason he's so far behind was because he was not in for so long. And um, I think, you know, people, you know, when when asked the question, they in their minds, they went, well, Sanchez is not really in. And so, okay, I'll go with Trump. But um, I think a lot of us are really um, um, DeSantis supporters, and um, so, uh, and I think that's the. I think as he, now that he's in, he gets his message out there. I think, um, you know, I think he um, he will surge, and and uh, it's obvious. I think that, you know, um, we don't want Biden again or anyone else like that so um i think he'll be okay i do i, I think as he gets the message out as much as he appears to be struggling it's surprising to me that biden wants biden but that that's just me Tay, i appreciate your call <laughs> 888-788-9910. Listen, as I say, I'm not near smart enough to do this show by myself. I need your help doing it. So call me, 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser, sitting in for Jimmy Fela. It's Fox Across America for a Friday before Memorial Day. We'll have more of that coming up. Call and speak to Jimmy now. I'm trying to use the phone. 888-788-9910. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. Let's stay with the phones. Kevin in Gilmer, Texas, you're next here on Fox Across America. What do you say? I say Trump... Uh... I just think that uh, he's the man to finish the job if he gets back in there. Um, the Senate, I like him. I don't think we're hurt either way we go. But uh, if I had to pick today, it'd be Trump. The Senate, he's just not quite ready. Uh, he kind of rode the, the coattails of Trump to get his governor. And well, no, no, let, me, let, me, let me challenge you on that. He's been a fantastically effective uh, governor of Florida, the third largest state in the union. I mean, he's... He's proven to be a very effective uh, chief executive. I mean, 
the the governorship is the minor leagues for the presidency, and he's had a great minor league season. So I don't. Right. I, I agree with that. I mean, I'm not trying to say that, but I just don't think that he's ready to make the decisions as a president. I think uh, the announcement for president, that's a pretty big decision. You know, you want to get it out there in front of people. What does he do? He goes to Twitter. Is that to just get the money from Elon Musk? or No, he, no, it, it was. He was trying to do what everybody's trying to do is not be left behind in the in the uh, the digital space because that's where an awful lot of votes now are. People move in those spaces. More and more, you're going to find the big three broadcast networks and the and the big three broadcast affiliate stations in your market to be less and less a factor in um, in campaigns and more and more you're going to find social media being a factor. He's just trying to be on the front of that. But I'm going to mark you down for Donald Trump. Uh, the, the, the whole question is can he win? And you say he can. I appreciate it, uh, Kevin. Appreciate your call and have a great Memorial Day weekend. Let's get one more in before the, uh, the top of the hour break. Port St. Lucie, Florida. A lot of people from Florida today because your guy's in the race. Joe, what do you say? Joe? All right. Got no Joe. I've lost the connection. There we are. We just got you back. Is Joe there? Okay. Did we lose Joe? Okay, well, we lost Joe, and that's too bad because he's from Port St. Lucie, Florida. And as I say, a lot of people in um, in Florida weighing in because it's their guy running. And one of the things that happens when your guy, when your governor, when your governor runs uh, for president, uh, when that happens, uh, you lose the governor. We had that happen in Texas when George W. Bush announced uh, his run for the presidency. And um, Florida would be losing what has uh, proven to be a really, really, really good governor. Listen, it's still the floor is still yours um, after the top of the hour break here on Fox Across America. Taking your calls, 888-788-9910. Paul Glasser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. More to come. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Paul Gleiser from KTBB, Tyler Longview, Texas, sitting in for Jimmy Fallon today. He has the day off. You don't have the day off. You're doing the show at 888-788-9910. I want to hear from you. If you weren't here for the first hour, here's the premise. We now have what amounts to a cage fight between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis for the Republican nomination for the presidency. Somebody to take on uh, Joe Biden, assuming he is the Democratic nominee. And I guess I don't see uh, Robert F. Kennedy's candidacy appears to be going no place. So I guess right now we have to assume it will be Joe Biden if he if he can last that long. So which of these two guys can win in 2024, it being deadly critical that one of them win if we're to reverse the negative course this country is on. Want to hear from you. 888-788-9910. We're going to go to New Mexico. Mike in Vanderwagen, Vanderwagen, Mike in New Mexico. You're up on Fox Across America. Where the hell are you? I'm about 20 miles south of Gallup, over by the Arizona border. Did not I did not know the town existed. How how big a metropolis is Vanderwagen? It's got a, a family dollar 
a little trading post and a post office. Okay, and the so post office is just mailboxes. So just a bit smaller than New York. Okay, I've got it. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. <laughs> okay, Mike. So what do you say here? I actually, I would support either one of those gentlemen in the, in the general. I think DeSantis probably has got a little better chance than Trump, but I really liked Trump. But I th- I'm going to vote for Tim Scott when it comes to the primary. Okay, well, no, recognizing that that is a uh, kind of a symbolic vote, I don't think Tim Scott has any realistic lane that gets him to the nomination. Why would you do that? Well, I think when people listen to him, they uh, he's, he's he's great. I, I love mean, the guy. Let me don't get me wrong. Listen, I love the and, guy. I really do. I think he's great. I don't think he can has any shot at the nomination. Well, one thing, if he gets the nomination, he'll break the Democratic coalition's back forever. Yeah, if, you know, if, if, yes, and if a squadron of pigs materialized from out of my nostril and sang the Ave Maria, it would make the nightly news. But it's not going to happen. Well, <laughs> let's, we'll, we'll see what happens. But like I said, I would support either one in general. I, I think DeSantis has a little better chance than Trump just because he doesn't because he doesn't have that anti-Trump factor to contend with. You know, and let's 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 air that out just a, a little bit, Mike, because it's it's important to recognize whomever the Republicans nominate, the media is going to descend upon like a pack of hyenas. The the left is going to do everything they can to indict him because that's what they do now. They can't win the debate, so they try to win in the courthouse. So the 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 left is going to savage whoever the the um the Republican Party puts up, but there's just some extra factor about Donald Trump. Agreed? Agreed, yeah. And and on top of that, I think it isn't DeSantos, is he, isn't he Cuban or, you know, Cuban generation? I don't know, and why does that matter anymore? Well, you know, it'll matter, the, you know, where I live, there's a lot of Latinos, and that might make a difference. Yeah, I guess, you know, we, we had... We, we spend all of our time trying to pigeonhole everybody by their ethnicity or by what their last name sounds like or whether it has uh, uh, how many vowels it has and all of this stuff. I, I agree with you. I, it, there, there's some people that care about that. I wish the hell we didn't. I agree with you on that 100%. So, so I'm going to mark you down for the neither of the above. I'm going to put we 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 do need to remember that there are other people in the race besides Trump and DeSantis. There there's a, they're, they're just happen to be the only two that have a shot at the nomination. So I mark you down for effectively for the purpose of keeping score here, and it's evenly split. I'm marking you down as none of the above. Correct? All right, sir. That's fine. Okay, Mike, I appreciate it. That opens up a line eight 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 seven eight eight ninety nine ten. We're to Atlanta, GA. It's Ezra. You've been patient. Thanks for that. You're up on Fox Across America. Paul, very good show. I'm enjoying it. I couldn't sit here in silence. So the greatest peril for this country is four more years of Democrats in power. Agreed. The difference this time is that Trump's nomination will guarantee that this happens. Trump can't win the middle. He's lost more women. His legal battles continue. And the media cartel is against him. So the big picture to me is last time in 2022, there were too many Republican seats up, so the math didn't favor them, even if they gained. Next time, the math is against the Democrats. So we must do, and give Pelosi credit for this, we must all get off the bench, 
all vote Republican, even if it's not exactly who we want. So if I'm DeSantis and that's who I'm voting for in your poll, I'm going to focus on, A, I've got a full-time job and I'm doing well, as you said, and talk specifics like that hurricane was supposed to wreck Florida. He walked right through it. He took on woke Disney and he's fine, right? So I'm not going to get in the slop. This office that I learned the military is revered and calls for a more dignified approach. So I'm not going to act like Trump and that's going to bring more people towards him and focus on, you know, the myriad, the endless list of Biden's failures. Give Trump credit for his philosophy but then rebrand it as America's agenda. And you're right, when he gets there, take out the DOJ, CIA, and FBI because they're corrupt as can be. Listen, I don't, I don't think there is any greater priority for an American president right now, given acknowledging just what a long list of potential priorities we have. Yeah. You know, we're $31.4 trillion in debt. We're borrowing money like drunken sailors, except as my dad once pointed out, we were, when I say we're spending money like drunken sailors, he said, boy, a drunken sailor spends his own money, you know? <laughs> he spends it on more fun. Yeah, so, so, on. so you give the drunken sailor more credit than we give the government. The government's spending our money. We have a long list of problems, but I don't think anything is bigger than bringing some rectitude back to the Department of Justice and the right. FBI and the and the, and the the very notion that we are a nation of laws and not men. And that is at huge risk right now, given the, the horrific misbehavior of the FBI and the Department of Justice. That, yeah, can, I mean, why don't why didn't some, uh, you know, hotty-totty lawyer start charging them all with RICO charges, right? I mean, what's the difference between racketeering what they're doing? Because it's almost impossible to sue the federal government is the answer to your question. All right. Well, individual. I don't know. That's the answer to your question. Clearly, there's a case, but there's no venue that will take it. You can't get the case heard because you can't get it filed. It's almost impossible to sue the federal government. It's but but it it is a huge priority. So I'm going to mark you down for for uh, DeSantis. That puts DeSantis in the lead. And listen, I appreciate your call. That opens up a lot. Find a female to run with him, and I think that's the. Although let's find a let's find a black Latino. Uh, former ballerina, I don't know, why do we have to have all these descriptors? Let's find a competent vice president who could who could conceivably and plausibly be president. How about that? Okay, well, listen, uh, I think we lost the caller. Yeah, for, for political purposes, I guess we have to tick the boxes. We need a, we need a female. We need a, we need a this race or a that race. I tell you what, I would love to get back to the idea of let's get competent people in places to do jobs that have to be done. Let's look for the most competent person we can find and care not a whit what their gender or ethnicity is. 888-788-9910. If you'd like to be a part of this conversation, let's go back to Florida. A lot of calls from Florida. George in Largo, Florida, you're next. What's on your mind? Hey, Paul, thanks for taking my call. Um, Look, if any objective person looks at Trump, there's no way you can debate the fact that he was one of the best presidents, at least in my lifetime. I'm 57 years old. All I could say is that that being said, I have to go for DeSantis simply because, look, I mean, let's, let me take a step. I, I would vote for Trump, either of them, in the general, like one of your other callers said. But the, the stakes are too high in my mind. And as great as Trump is, you know, the, the fact that he could bring out people just to vote against him is just I, – I, 
I don't know if we could take four more years of this insanity, quite candidly. And um, that's why I think DeSantis, he did a great job here in Florida. Thankfully, you know, he served his two terms for the most part. And, you know, if we lose him, we wouldn't be able to get him back anyway. So I think he's, it's his time to, to run the country. Uh, I think you know, I, I wish Trump would get on board with him. I know his ego is pretty big there, but and uh, but see that kind of stuff never bothered me. I mean, he's a salesman for God's sakes, and that's okay. But there's too many people that vote with on personality contests instead of policies because if it was policies, he would have won every election he's ever been in. Anyway, well, that's, that's my vote. That's yeah, right. I agree with you. And the thing is, if you were able to take the Trump presidency and take out all of the ancillary distracting sidebar stories from it. If you were to take out the Mueller probe, if you were to take out all of the of the early morning tweets, some of which were needlessly incendiary, if you were to take all of that out and just look at the at the measurable statistics of the Trump presidency, it was a triumph. It was a fantastically good presidency. Oh, he was unbelievable. And the other thing, real quick, the benefit that DeSantis has is that I think all of us are still in shock when you think about the level of gall and audacity, however you want to say it, how far that the left has gone and will go to do anything to maintain and, and grow their power. But DeSantis has the benefit of knowing that already versus I don't know if anybody else could have handled it for the first time the way Trump did because he's like – Superman or Batman or Jimmy calls him all the time, <laughs> and it's true. You know, he's like every time they thought they had him, he was uh, he managed to get out of it, and it drove them insane. But I think, but, he, but I, I think with that said, I agree with you. I think with that said, I think he was woefully unprepared for just what a hostile environment Washington is. I don't think anybody thought it could get as bad as we all witnessed, but now that we know it. That's an advantage, uh, having seen some of the playbook already. I mean, I don't see, I don't know how much worse it could, how how much more dastardly can they get? <laughs> and the answer yeah. is, the answer is, we're likely to underestimate how much more dastardly. That's the problem, because I don't yeah, think there's, well, I don't think there's anything they won't do. And with a, well, with agree. a media with a media that won't call out anything, with a media that will just turn a blind eye to anything it doesn't want to see, you they know they can get away with a lot. So it it's a it's a very very tough way to go for whoever gets the nomination. It will be a very very tough way to go if if either of these men can win the presidency in 2024, because the well, forces aligned against them will be awesome in nature. Yeah, I just think that DeSantis can court more in the middle because, think, like you said, you, you know it. Everybody knows it. It's like people listening to this show would vote for either one of them. I mean, most, I would think, because we have the same core beliefs. I think the sad truth is that it's the clueless middle, and I'm not trying to disparage, but if you're not paying attention, I mean, that's sad, but this true state of affairs, and to get those folks – I think Ron, when you listen to him speak, he's well spoken. He can, he can, he's persuasive. He presents a good case, and he's not going to get, he's not going to get baited into a bickering contest. And that's the only thing that Trump. I mean, he had so many, so much more to, to offer, but he would, he would get baited into it, and or he would do the baiting himself. And uh, unfortunately, that's, um, you know, that 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 hurt him. And it well, hurt I think too, I, eventually. 
I think Trump brought a, a, he certainly didn't bring anywhere near all, but I think Trump was guilty of bringing some of his own troubles upon himself by some, his sometimes intemperateness that got in his own way. Listen, I appreciate the court, the call, George, and uh, maybe you're going to lose your governor to the White House. The country would, would win. Appreciate it. 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon, Fox Across America. There's more coming. Stay with us. It's America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I own damn fries. Fox Across America continues with Paul Gleiser from Texas filling in for Jimmy. Taking your calls, 888-788-9910. Carol Walla Walla Washington, you're next on Fox Across America. What's up? Well, I think that, um, I think that Ron DeSantis can catch uh, Trump. I'm a Trump supporter. I voted for him. I would vote for him again if he's the candidate. However, I think that um, if people knew more about Ron DeSantis, he was a JAG naval officer, for crying out loud. A lot of people don't know that, you know, that he could go toe-to-toe with any international, you know, argument, I believe, as a, as a, a trained JAG officer. Um, he's also a great family man. I saw an interview with his wife several years ago, probably pre-COVID, uh, who was who you know had cancer and talk about the man if he wants to win the women let his wife talk she talked about you want to know my husband this is a man who picked me up off the floor when i couldn't get up this is a man who fed my children when i could not feed them this will win the women if they're worried about the women's vote i'm an 84 year old woman for crying out loud you know, I've been around a long time. I've seen a lot. And I have a lot of friends who, frankly, were Trump supporters, are Trump supporters like me, but won't vote for him again. We're tired of the chaos. We've seen a Let lot me, in our country. I'm a girl of the 50s, you know. See, uh, yeah. We wake up in the morning and we hear something that Trump said that makes our stomach tighten. Uh, DeSantis has all of the good qualities of Trump. Um, and, and to get back to one of your earlier callers, Trump and DeSantis cannot be president and vice president. Because oh, gosh, no way. In Florida. People don't know that either. They think, well, oh, well, well Trump, could, Trump, can easy, Trump can easily fix that. He could reestablish residency in New York in a heartbeat. He could. He could. But, of course, he won't. I, I think no, no, that's, that's, that, that's not the reason they couldn't be on the same ticket. The reason they couldn't be on the same ticket is because there's no way in the world that Trump is going to be on the same ticket with DeSantis on right. in any right. universe that you can imagine. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and there again, uh, I will vote for Trump if, if he's the candidate. I will vote for DeSantis. Uh, you know, uh, in the primary. Uh, not that it'll matter because in Washington, Seattle, of course, you know, controls all of our our politics. Um, I'm in Trump country, redneck country here in eastern Washington. Kathy McMorris Rogers is my congresswoman. You know, it's, it's a different mentality over here. Um, but it's like I'm it's a, a different, it's like it's a different, California, it's like... you know, have a lot of friends there. So there are people who like Trump had a, was it a, a school reunion a couple of weeks ago friend said he had voted for trump he would not again he would not vote for biden he would vote for someone else 
And this is what scares me, is if those people who liked Trump but won't vote for him again, vote for someone else, Biden will get We'll get the election again. Yeah, and the, the thing the thing that you live in fear of is somebody who would be nominally somewhat in a halfway committed way uh, inclined to vote for a Republican who just stays home because they don't like the candidate this time. And, 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 a, and a, a voter who stays home on the Republican side is effectively a Democrat voter who shows up. It, it you. It, you, you, you can't stay home. Listen, I wish Donald Trump had done the smart thing. I wish Donald Trump had, had to, when, when the election was clearly lost, when the, when the Supreme Court refused to hear Texas's case, he should have gone on a victory tour and it should have quit litigating the election and started talking about the successes of his presidency. He'd be in the catbird seat for nomination now. Hey, more of the show's coming up. Fox Across America, Paul Gleiser's hitting in for Jimmy Fallon. You should stick around. There's more coming. It is Fox Across America. I'm Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. And it's all about you this uh, this Friday before Memorial Day. We've been taking your calls uh, since the show started. On, if you had to vote today in your state's primary, whom would you choose, uh, Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis? Those are the two clear frontrunners. A lot of good people also on the uh, also in that voir dire, Tim Scott being the latest uh, before Tim uh, before Ron DeSantis. The only two that have a viable shot at the nomination, you got to believe today, are Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. But with all of that said, here's what we have we have on the line with us. We have a good guest to, to kind of pick up the conversation. Congressman Russell Fry, he's a Republican from South Carolina's 7th House District. Um, Congressman, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Paul, great to be here. Uh, happy Friday. I hope everyone has a safe Memorial Day uh, when they when they leave the office today, but they, they take time to remember uh, and honor those who paid that sacrifice to our country. Absolutely true. Listen, I want your, you you sit on uh, if I'm correct, you sit on House Oversight and Reform. You also sit on the Judiciary Committee, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. I have said that whomever becomes the next president, assuming it's not Joe Biden, may God forbid, whomever the next president is, his or her, but likely his, first order of business has to be to take a pressure washer and some very, very strong detergent to the Department of Justice and the FBI. What do you say? I think you're right, and I think you look at where we are. I mean, it, it is inconceivable to me, you know, in just a few short years that we have seen so many missteps, oversteps, uh, abuses, if you will, within these agencies. Uh, and it's time, you know, they can put internal guardrails in place. But again, I mean, just this is just this week with the Durham report that was released. I mean, my gosh, it's just another example of ways that these agencies are really you know, flawed, deeply flawed. And we need to look at that from a congressional standpoint. But whoever the president is, they're going to have a lot more authority to do it more quickly. Uh, but you're going to have to do that. These are these are agencies, particularly the DOJ and the FBI, that, that when you look at them and you look at all the alphabet soups that we have out there of, of agencies, Americans want to think that their law enforcement folks in the FBI, the people that are administering justice in the DOJ, that they're at the pinnacle of ethical behavior, that they are beyond reproach. Uh, and we can't say that right now. 
Well, I think James Comer is doing a fantastic job, but here's my frustration. I want, to, I want your perspective on this. Uh, James, uh, Russell Fry from South Carolina. I want your perspective on this. My frustration is that nothing ever really seems to come from congressional investigations. Will this be any different? Well, I've been here for six months, and my frustration is, is probably a lot like yours and a lot of your listeners in that it seems like that there's nothing that can be done. What these, what these investigations do is they highlight the problem. They detail a legislative solution, so I think that would be forthcoming. Um, but I think it's high time, and I think a lot of members believe this, and we'll see if, if there's enough of us. Uh, but I think it's high time to look at budgets. You know, the, the American people hire us to represent them, be their voice in Congress. And these agencies are hired by us to to enforce the law, to do the things that they're supposed to do, to protect us, uh, to, to make sure that we're a functioning country. And if they won't do it, then I think you examine their budgets. Who isn't doing their job? What, what sub-agencies are not working uh, there needs to be a real evaluation of that. Congress needs to assert its authority under the Constitution and start reining in these out-of-control agencies. Well, I totally agree with that, but it, 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 boy, it looks to me like the, the Washington, the permanent Washington bureaucracy has grown so big, so large, and so powerful that it has slipped the grasp of anyone who might try to control it. You know, possibly. I have that frustration, too. But, heck, just this week, in a unanimous Supreme Court decision, um, you know, they struck back um, against the EPA with the waters of the U.S. rule. So, I mean, there is hope. There's, there's, uh, we have a, we're a constitutional republic for a reason. Um, but, but we also need to, to, to rein these folks in. And we can't just always leave it to the courts to do that. So it's going to take a strong spine and some dedication. Uh, but, but, these agencies needed to perform their duties and their obligations and not not put their finger on the political scales to, to determine a result that they want to see. That's up to the American people. Uh, that's not up to these agencies in Washington. Russell Fry, he's Republican from South Carolina's 7th District, shifting gears just a little bit. The United States is $31.4 trillion in debt. We are now the 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 scaled up to, an, to a gargantuan scale. We're the household that has a minimum payment due on the MasterCard and needing to go hit the Visa card for a cash advance to make the minimum payment on the MasterCard, and now the Visa card is maxed out. And so... We we are we are on the on the on the cusp of of literally being unable to pay our bills. Where do you see this going? Look, the American people were very wise in this last election, and they said we're tired of the way that Washington does business, and spending was a big part of the Republican commitment to America. Uh, we've got to we've got to alter that trajectory. Democrats don't want to see it. They continue to to spend. And again, we've seen this on you know administrations going back several decades and Republican and Democratic Congresses. But this is a fundamental problem. It's a fundamental choice for our country. Do we want to go the way of all the other countries who have overextended themselves? And there's his, there's history. History shows us what happens. Or are we going to rein in that spending uh, and start to get serious? I hope that we get serious. Uh, I think this this fight isn't the only fight that we're going to have. I think you've got budget fights that will come up, but you know, 
after the Trump tax cuts, revenues into the Treasury went up. So it isn't a it isn't a tax problem as the Democrats want to to highlight. It's a it's a spending problem. It always has been, uh, and we've got to get serious about uh, about that from a budget standpoint. So this is just in my mind one step toward a a much larger fiscal picture. But we have to start reining that in. Or we're going to look at $1 trillion interest payments in a year. I mean, that's just obscene when you think about how much money we're paying just on the interest. The only way that the only there's two ways the United States could get out of its debt problem. One of the and one of them is good. One of them is bad. One of the, the good way is to grow our way out of it, to simply grow the economy at a rate sufficient to to make the interest payments and to begin to re, to re, make principal payments against the debt and re, and reduce the debt, we could we still amazingly enough could grow our way out of it. The only other way out is to inflate our way out of it, and that's Correct. what nations that get in this kind of trouble usually do: is inflate their way out of it. We've seen what a nasty thing inflation is in the past year and a half. We don't want inflation, so the only thing we can do that will be palatable to the American people is to grow our way out of it. And the only way that I see that we that we grow is to get a pro-growth administration in place and and unshackle the American economy. That means one of two men has to win the the 2024 election. It has to be Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis. What do you say? I think, look, I think this administration has been a disaster. They are the most progressive, the most liberal, the most leftist administration that we've ever seen. You know, part of the Limit, Save, Grow Act was unshackling that economy, allowing energy production, allowing um, energy costs to be lower, reforming the permitting system so that it didn't, you know, you didn't need 15 years of litigation and and millions of dollars just to, to dig on your own land. I think you're exactly right. The growth aspect of this is is key, and that's part of the plan, right? I mean, there's there's, there's the cutting or the curtailing of spending, uh, but it's, it's allowing the economy to grow in such a way that boosts middle-income Americans and allows the country to take care of its debt. That's a win-win as far as I'm concerned. If you do the inflation aspect of it, uh, all you're doing is punching retirees, seniors, and middle-income Americans. Growth is always the better option. Russell Fry, Congressman from the Seventh District of South Carolina, where do you see Comer's efforts, James Comer's efforts, ending? Chairman Comer is uh, doing a fantastic job. I mean, he's he's tenacious. Uh, he is obviously he popped off a letter to the FBI just this week, says if you don't uh, produce the FD Ted Twenty Three, we're going to hold you in contempt. Uh, he continues, and his staff continue, and we continue every single day uh, to to you know to do what we're required to do, which is oversight of the executive branch. Uh, we've we've shown a lot in the hundred plus days that we've been in uh, in power, but there's more to do. Uh, there's one thing I know about the chairman is he doesn't really sleep. Uh, he is constantly working on this stuff. He's constantly out in front on it. Um, I'm proud to serve alongside of him. And uh, I'm proud of the work that we're doing. Okay, but instead you, you get a contempt of Congress citation, you serve it upon the, uh, the DOJ. What practical effect does that have? Well, nobody wants this to happen, right? Contempt is a big, you know, it's a big thing. Yeah, but, wait, but, but, but let's say it happens. Let's say you hold them in contempt. Then what? What, what do you do to – and who prosecutes the contempt citation, the very, or the very department you've called in contempt? Right. Right. Well, again, contempt is 
it's a it's 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 problematic for them on some fronts. Uh, but again, I think the the best way is a serious review of budgets. Uh, I think that 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 opens up people's eyes. Nobody wants to be held in contempt. There are certain things that come along with that. Well, well that's what I'm asking. Outline, what are they? What are they? You outlined some. Well, I mean, contempt can bring uh, sanctions, fines, jail time. Again, you need the you, you need the prosecution aspect. Yeah, you of can't that get that done. Right, but that's why I think the budgetary powers that Congress possesses, particularly the House of Representatives, that's where you're going to get some real traction. That's where we need to go. All right. Russell Fry, listen, how are you going to celebrate the uh, the holiday weekend? What's happening in your district? Well, we are going to be rained out, it looks like. No, no. Uh, it's raining all through the Carolinas this week. Uh, so if it's not, then we'll be out and about, uh, you know, uh, honoring the, the fallen. Uh, and if, if it is and these events are canceled, then I will be doing the same thing from home. Uh, but regardless, I'm, uh, you know, we're all blessed to live in a place where, where people just – made that sacrifice for our liberty, for our freedoms. Uh, there's never been a country like us in the world. There will never be a country like us in the world. Uh, and when we remember where we came from and people who made that sacrifice, we appreciate those liberties so much more. All right. Congressman uh, Russell Fry from South Carolina's 7th District, thank you. Have a safe and wonderful Memorial Day weekend. You too, Paul. Take care. All right, Paul Gonser sitting in for Fox Across America's Jimmy Fallon. More of the show's coming up. Don't go away. The critics have spoken. Well, that was different. Yep, lousy, but different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Ron did- Got my... First, Ron DeSantis fundraising text message just a few minutes ago. Paul Gleiser sending in for Jimmy Fallon. Here he is yesterday on a talk show in Nashville, Tennessee, the Matt Murphy Show, talking about Donald Trump. Cut eight. He is siding with Disney and saying that I was wrong uh, for standing up with them. So, you know, people have to make their decisions about which way they go. But I'll tell you, uh, I don't know what happened to Donald Trump. This is a different guy today than when he was running in 2015 and 2016. And I think uh, I think the direction that he's going with his campaign is the wrong direction. Well, what do you think about that? 888-788-9910. I really want to hear from you today. Listen, I'm as I've said many times, I'm not smart enough to do this show by myself. I need your help. Jimmy will be back. But today you got me sitting in. Want to hear from you. 888-788-9910. Gene, not far from where I'm sitting in Longview, Texas. You're next on Fox Across America. What do you say? Hey there, Paul. Um, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Thank uh, you. With with my uh, IQ and a uh, trade school uh, diploma, it'd be easier to talk to uh, Jimmy, but uh, I'll try to make it clear for you. Okay. Hey, you guys in New York, save that cut for me, please. Save that, play it for Jimmy. What? That, that's beautiful. Gene, so what do you think? Uh, I'm saying Trump. Uh, now, when he was in office, he did so many good things for this country, and he had the respect of leaders uh, across the world. Uh, they respected the United States, and uh, the people who say they can't stand him because of the way, let's say, his text or the way he talks, uh 
those people are sitting at home, and at that time they were paying less for food, they were paying less for uh, gas, uh, the economy was great, and what and Trump did nothing to affect them personally with his text. The only thing he did was make their lives better. And now we've got this thing in office that has just met, gone 180 degrees. Things are about as bad as they've been since Jimmy Carter. Uh, and to sit here and say, well, I can't take Trump because of his, the way he talks or texts is ridiculous because of the things he has done for this country. You have to nominate the most conservative candidate who can win, the Bill Buckley rule. And the fear that people have, and it is not an illegitimate fear, is that Donald Trump, through his own intemperateness and some of his own unforced errors, has lost enough of the independent, mushy-in-the-middle, moderate vote to where he can't win the general. Uh, everything you just said about him is true, Gene, but the problem is it won't be you who decides who's president. It won't be who people on the committed right who decide. It's going to be people in the middle who decide. And the middle has become some questionable ground for Donald Trump. Yeah, and I wish there could be somebody that could get to Trump to get him to tone it down. That I wish, but that's never, that's never going to happen, because if it were going to happen, it would have happened by now. Yeah. And here's something else that I want to say. Uh, I do not trust the election system here in the United States. I think that the guy that is president was appointed. I don't trust this system of the Democrats, you know, having these paper ballots that happen to show up after midnight uh, that are counted. I, I don't trust the electoral system. We can't relitigate the 2020 election. We can, in a lot of states, you've got to give credit, a lot of states after the, after the drama of the 2020 election changed their laws. Pennsylvania and, Georgia, Pennsylvania and Georgia being two prime examples where they changed the law given the things that happened that were a little bit unsavory with respect to the 2020 election. I, I think that Democrats are better at getting votes about collecting votes than Republicans are. I think Republicans are absolutely going to have to fully embrace and adapt to early voting because if they don't, they're letting too many votes get cast before the polls open that are cast against them. And they, that, that's, that has to get fixed. Republicans are going to have to play the game the way the game is being played. And there are some concerns about the elect, election system. And Republicans had better have good poll watchers and good lawyers ready in every key swing state, in every key swing precinct, if they hope to win in 2024. Third hour of the show is coming up. Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. I hope you'll stick around. It's going to be fun. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Wow, wow, wow. Where does the time go? It's hour three of Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. I have yet to shamelessly plug. I write a weekly column called You Tell Me Texas. It's at youtellmetexas.com. I say what's on my mind. 
You say what's on yours, very much like this talk show. So I hope you'll follow me there. You can subscribe. I write something at least every week, and I hope you'll be a part of it. Meanwhile, I want to hear from you at 888, pardon me, 788-9910. As we air out the question we've been talking about since the show began, with Ron DeSantis in the race, it's now clearly only, in my opinion, Yours probably, too. Only two men can plausibly be the nominee for the Republican Party in 2024. They are former President Donald Trump and current Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Of those two, if the, if the primary were held in your state today, who would you choose and why? 888-788-9910. Advancing that discussion, we have Dan in Charleston, South Carolina. Dan, what do you have to say? I say DeSantis 100%. And, and, the only reason I say, and the only reason I say that is because I think Trump has a 100% uh, rate of success, but he just can't hold back. Just like most of your callers previously, they're saying, like, people just don't like him. DeSantis has that. He, he's a veteran. I'm a retired Air Force, and just before I forget to mention this, Memorial Day, Monday, Veterans Day is honor of me and DeSantis who have taken off our uniform, but those that have passed died in their uniform. But anyway, back onto the question. Well, that's a very good distinction. A lot of people don't grasp that. That's a very good point you just made, so thank you for that. Yeah. And, and... Paul Rogers, it's it's an extreme uh, privilege to talk to you, the former lead singer of Bad Company. It, I think it's amazing that I'm getting to talk to you. No, no, it's Paul okay. Gleiser, uh, son of carpet salesman Harvey Gleiser. Just a just a bit uh, a bit further down the uh, the accomplishment ladder than what you were thinking. Yes, no, but I I think filling in for Jimmy Fallon, you're doing an awesome job. Thank and you for that. And I agree 100% with what you've been saying for the last couple hours. And I think I agree with most of your callers that I just think that DeSantis is a more electable candidate. And I can even say that my sister-in-law, who lives in Jacksonville, Florida, does not want him to win because she wants him to stay governor of florida listen such a great job down there with respect to electability i mean you have to look at what the impact that that um, ron DeSantis has had on the politics of florida politics the politics of florida florida was a was a swing state it was purple it was, you know, it could go either way. We all, every election night, we all sweated what was happening in Florida. It was the hanging chads of 2000. Florida is a solidly Republican state now. And you've got to hang a lot of that on the wall of Ron DeSantis. He had an enormous impact on the politics of Florida. And can we stipulate 
for the benefit of everybody on hold who wants to talk about Trump, can we stipulate that Donald Trump, from a policy perspective, was a triumphantly successful president? His policies did a great job for the country. No, I don't have have only the smallest quibbles with him on a policy from a policy perspective, not the least of which being he didn't address what I think is a critical spending problem. I fault him for that. The rest of it, policy success. The question before us today, uh, Dan, is given all that's happened, <clears throat> given all of the indictments, given the and, the and the and the persecution, unfair though it is, of Donald Trump, given January 6th, given given the uh, the nasty tweets and some of the things in the, on the unforced errors, given all of that, is Donald Trump electable in 2024? And that's why I agree with you. He is not compared to everybody else. I think everybody else is just going to vote for the not Donald Trump, which unfortunately would be even more disastrous for our country. Here's the scary. Uh, here's the scarier thing. Well, first of all, it would be it would be horrible. It would be disastrous. But here's the scary thing. It's not the person who says, "Well, I don't like Donald Trump, so I'm going to vote for Joe Biden." That's not the problem. The problem is the person that might have voted for the Republican nominee who just doesn't vote at all. Right. Just stays I, home. I agree. Yes, and I, I agree with that. But I think we we need to have a call for people. And also, I heard your uh, previous caller, uh, Congressman Fry, from my own home state of South Carolina. And with all due respect, he said things that I didn't agree with. Well, like what? Mostly, the most specific thing was he said, like, the American voter is very smart and very intelligent. I would totally disagree with that. And I, I think, think we need to do some. I think we need to do things to educate America and get back to educating, like what the American idea is, and go forward with that. We are, I, listen. Okay, I'll. I'm going to take what you say there and parse it just a little bit. I think in the aggregate, when the uh, when the American fo- voter is properly informed, the American voter is a pretty smart person. In the aggregate, the problem that we have is we have lost. An awful lot of the of the of the culture through our schools. We don't we don't have a, a a a next coming generation that has been taught in the same way that we were, with respect to the history and the values of our nation. And as a consequence, consequence, we I would hundred percent agree with Grant. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, but the lag gets in the in the way, and I, it's, it's bothersome, and I hate it because I feel like I'm interrupting you, and I don't mean to. The 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 fact is. My teachers, when I was in grade school, were proudly and overtly patriotic. We have teachers in schools today who who make it their mission to point out all, all of America's flaws rather than do as my teachers did and point out America's virtues. And that's a real problem. Absolutely. 100% agree. Well, Dan, it's been a great call. How do you plan to spend the, the holiday weekend? I'm going to be spending it with friends, family, and then on Monday, I'm going to pick up a beer, toast it to the sky, and thank all the veterans that did die for our country. So. Well, very good. That's an entirely appropriate way to do it. Appreciate it, Dan. Appreciate the call. 888-788-9910, Mountain View, Arkansas. Adam, you're next on Fox Across America. What do you have to say about all this? 
All right, Adam, did we lose you? We'll move on. Blackfoot, Idaho. Chris, how about you on Fox Across America? What do you say? I say uh, I'm voted for Trump both times. Uh, I'm going to vote for him in the primary. I'm not 100% sold on DeSantis because my thing is with DeSantis is, one, he's going to be beholden to his donors. Every so politician DeSantis, every politician's beholden to his donors. Except Trump. Trump funded his own campaign. He, not, he can't That's do it again. He, he cannot do it again. He can't do it again. There's no way in the, the world. And is, if you don't, if you don't believe it, come look at my phone and look at the at the, the the number of text messages that I get from the Trump campaign trying to get me to give him money. Well, that's I mean that's like I'm talking like the you know the big donors you know like the people who are in his camp the rhinos. Okay, well, I want to give just can I give you just one example? Sir? Sure. Sure. Is uh, that uh, there was a a reporter asked him about the war in Ukraine. He said asked he who? Asked ask, ask Trump or asked DeSantis? And then what? Three four days later, he gets a little pushback, and then he flip flops on it. Okay, you know, but who? President. Oh, go ahead. He asked. He asked DeSantis this question. The reporter yeah, did. DeSantis told him he. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, somewhere out there. And then he said he was against the war in Ukraine. I forgot his explanation, but then a few days later, he flip-flops on it, and he says he supports the Ukraine war. Well, and I did, one yeah. other thing I just want to say, sir, yeah, and then I'll, is, you know, DeSantis, if he gets a nomination, becomes the president, he's, he's going to be want to be a two-term president. Well, most presidents in their first term, after they get elected, they try to get elected to the second term. So who's to say with the people he has in his counts whispering in his ear that he may not get done what the American people think he will get done? Trump is the one going to be a one-term president. He can go scorch, scorch earth and fix a lot of things without any blowback or any worries about him. Oh, I'm not going to get reelected because he can't run again. That's just my opinion. And All I mean, right. if DeSantis gets the nod, I'll vote for him in the general. You know, I'm not going to be one of those... Trump supporters, he's going to stay home. But I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of Trump supporters that won't go out and vote, which is sad. Well, I don't know that the Trump supporters will stay home if DeSantis gets the nomination. I think they're they are if they're Trump supporters, it means they're sufficiently concerned about the direction of the country that they would not abide the possibility of a second Biden term. My opinion, appreciated, Chris. 888-788-9910. Close to where I'm sitting now, Lee and Tyler, Texas listening on KTBB, my very own radio station. What do you have to say about this? Well, Lee, you had your chance. Let's stay in Tyler. Sharma in Tyler, you're up on the Fox Across America. What do you say? Hello, Paul. Good to talk to you. I do listen to you quite often, especially on You Tell Me. Um, unlike unlike my wife. I don't agree with you, but you're great. You don't, you don't often agree with me? No, I don't always agree with you. Well, okay, then you're so very much like my wife. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to vote for Trump, but I do want to preface it by saying if DeSantis gets the nomination in the general, definitely I will uh, vote for him. I don't think DeSantis is ready. That is why I'm going to go for Trump. 
I agree with Chris that just called you. Trump didn't even take a salary when he was president. He donated it all to charity. No, he, he not, he, well, he didn't. He didn't donate it to charity. He, he, he allowed the departments and agencies of the government to compete for him, to which he would donate the, the money to. Well, he he designated. Anyway, he, they, the, he wasn't. He didn't donate it charitably. It never passed through his hands. He kept it inside the government. Okay, well that's better than putting it in your bank account, I think. And also the thing that I think is outstanding about trump and believe me i don't agree with all his personality some of that just really gets to you but i think he's the only person that could take the slings and the shots i don't think desantis is ready i do like the fact that desantis is a veteran my dad fought on both counts on both both fronts in world war ii in japan and germany so i do i do respect him for that I think he would make an excellent president in the future, but I'm going to go with Trump because, for one thing, I think Trump can clean everything out, and he's not afraid to say, you're fired. I th- I know he's not afraid to say you're fired. I think the, the, the problem that you, if you want to talk about it, would Trump be an effective in his second term, very, very possible and very, in fact, likely so. My fear, Sharma, is that he can't get elected a second time with all that has happened. He has turned off a, a very significant number of people in the middle without which he cannot win. No Republican can win if they don't if they don't siphon off votes from the from the independents and the so-called moderates. Yes, I understand that. I have two friends in Dallas. In fact, that's where I'm from. Uh, that uh, said, they would never vote for Trump. But I think, as other people have said, we have got to educate ourselves. And I am not uh, totally. Well, I'm very concerned about uh, the Chinese president. He wants world dominion, and I don't know if DeSantis could stand up to that. Mm. With having to learn all the ropes in Washington, Trump has the experience. But as I said in the beginning, whoever is the Republican nominee, I will vote for. And I stayed up the whole night and watched the election returns. And one thing that did bother me is that I saw votes for Trump go uh, for Trump go backwards. I know I saw that too. I've never seen anything like that. We could do a whole. Eight years old. I've never seen anything like that. We could do a whole talk show on it, and we're not going to. But I stayed up almost literally all night, and I watched the same thing. And we're not going to do a talk show on it. Only to say that if you actually stayed up and watched what happened, you cannot help but be deeply troubled by election night 2020, uh, 2020. There's no way in the world it cannot bother you if you stayed up late, late, late like I did and watched what happened. Sharma, I appreciate your call, 888-788-9910. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, maybe. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it.
Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here, Fox Across America, taking your calls, 888-788-9910, Bob Burlington, Vermont. You've been listening to this discussion. Trump, DeSantis, who are you going to pick if the primary is today? What do you say? Well, I say uh, I used to be a big Trump fan. I still like the man. Uh, but I just think that uh, he's got a lot of baggage with him, and uh, he just projects negativity. And um, people don't like that. People are sick and tired of negativity and name-calling and uh, bullies. And um, I think Ron DeSantis uh, is going to be able to get votes from uh, people that are not happy with Biden but don't want to vote for Trump. And I think there are people that are sick of Trump that are going to vote for DeSantis. And I think he has a much better chance. To be fair to Donald Trump, a lot of the baggage that you mentioned was hung on him unfairly. But that, but that doesn't mean it's not there. He Correct. still carries the baggage. And I right. coined the... People look at that. They people do. And I. That. I coined a term the last time I sat in on this show. I coined a term for what's going on with Trump. We've, had, we've heard of Trump derangement syndrome. I coined right. TFS, Trump fatigue syndrome. There is just so much drama that surrounds Donald Trump that a lot of people just are turned off by it, and they just turn away. And my fear of a Donald Trump candidacy, not a presidency, I don't fear a Donald Trump presidency at all. I would I would love to have four more years of a Donald Trump presidency. My fear about a Donald Trump candidacy is that voter that might have voted for a Republican who stays home and effectively casts a vote for the Democrat by not by not casting a vote for the Republican. And that that results in a default win for the Democratic candidate who's most likely going to be Joe Biden. And we're talking about just a small number of precincts and a small number of counties and a small number of states. It's a very, very razor-thin margin. Appreciate your call. More of the show coming up. Carl Rove's coming up after the bottom of the hour. Hope you'll stick around. Paul Gleiser for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. We've had a very, very lively discussion since the start of the show, given the fact that Ron DeSantis is now an officially declared candidate for the Republican nomination. It's a two-man race. All the the good intentions of the other people on the ballot, Vivek Ramaswamy and uh, and here... Of, of late uh, Tim Scott and uh, Nikki Haley, all those, everybody else, it's really a two-person race for the, the Republican nomination and who best can defeat Joe Biden or whomever the Democratic nominee turns out to be, who best can defeat them uh, in 2024. And we have on the line with us one of the most well-respected, well-regarded experts on the whole subject of electoral politics in the United States, the one and only Carl Rove, Fox News contributor. Carl, thanks for being a part of the program today. Well, thanks for having me. Listen, you and I last spent time, I'm sitting here in East Texas, you and I last spent time together here in East Texas, running around with Andrew Roberts, the great uh, British author. I have greatest story. That was a fun visit to East Texas. It was a fun visit. Listen, I have been been saying all morning. We've got it. it, It's just about evenly divided. The 
proposition I put on the floor for most of the program has been if the if the primary were held in your state today, of the two, whom would you pick, former President Donald Trump or current Florida Governor Ron DeSantis? And it's just about evenly split. My question for you is, who has the most plausible path to uh, the um, to the 270 needed to win the Electoral College? You know, um, we don't know. And, and we don't know because, you know, Donald Trump has been through this process before. In 2016, he ran for the nomination. And twice he's been a candidate in the general election. But uh, none of the rest of these candidates have ever been in a presidential primary. And I don't care if you're the governor, as Ron DeSantis is, of the third most populous state in the union. Uh, you, there's nothing like running for president. I remember in uh, – you know, 1999, sitting in Iowa with then-Governor George W. Bush of Texas, who'd been twice elected governor in the second most populous and second largest state in the union, Texas, and had been, played a key role in his father's campaign in 1987 and 1988, and sitting with him in a hotel room in Iowa as he talked about how more difficult and more complicated and more challenging and more, uh, you know, more was being demanded than he could have ever imagined um, in, in his presidential campaign. And I'm thinking, you're the guy who should have known because you've been, you've been prepared for this moment. But no, none of these people are, are totally prepared. And we'll, how they handle the moments, what, what's thrown their way, how they handle themselves in the debates, how well they are at laying out a message, how well they handle the back and forth of a campaign is going to be illuminating because we'll learn who has what it takes. But we've got a number of good candidates and the two front runners, the guy who's in front and the guy who today is in second place, clearly have some demonstrated strengths. It looks like a prohibitive lead for Donald Trump over Ron DeSantis, but I went back and looked at my own reporting, Carl, going back to 2016, and here's, here's what, I've, what I found out. April the 5th of 2016, Ted Cruz was only 197 delegates behind Donald Trump, and he had the wind at his back. People were, were saying it was a horse race. Two weeks later, Trump began an 8-0 run on, on state primaries that ended in Indiana, and on the morning of May 4, 2016, it was over. And this was all from a, can, from a candidate that the pundits laughed at when he came down the escalator, said he had no chance. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my question to you is, what is the path past the enormous lead that Trump currently has and the path to the nomination for Ron DeSantis. Yeah, well, uh, Trump, uh, the Trump camp ought to be careful about sort of taking it for granted that, they've, that they're in the front position. Remember, in 2008, Rudy Giuliani was leading the Republican field. In 2008, Hillary Clinton was, was beating Barack Obama by better than two and a half to one. In fact, he had, at points, he was in the third place. 2012, uh, 30 days before Iowa voted, Newt Gingrich was leading the Republican uh, field. And uh, so, you know, we got to be careful about these things. And in 2020, we had the, a Democrat candidate who lost Iowa, lost uh, New Hampshire, lost Nevada. But after he wins South Carolina, Joe Biden goes on to secure the nomination. So lots of things are up in the air here. But having said that, uh, the key is, how do you build a strong case in Iowa and New Hampshire uh, that allows you to be competitive with and to beat Donald Trump in one of those two states? 
um, if, if, if somebody wins Iowa, whose last name is not Trump, the former president's in real trouble. If, if somebody not named Trump wins Iowa and or New Hampshire, uh, and, and, and let's say two different candidates win them, then Donald Trump is really in trouble. So the, the key is going to be, how do you go out and say in Iowa, if you're Ron DeSantis, I think the most powerful message is the one that he's laying out now, which is, I was a successful governor of a big state, and we got things done, whether it was uh, dealing with woke corporations or taking on um, wokeness in higher education and in our, in our schools, you know, and growing an economy that is a track that's drawn people from all across the country to Florida. Uh, you know, I was the governor who got criticized by President Trump when I opened up Florida because I felt it was more important to open up our schools and open up our economy than to stay hunkered down, uh, as, as Dr. Fauci was telling us to do. I mean, this is, you know, this is a message that I think is going to resonate with a lot of people. And particularly, uh, you know, Iowa was dubious about Trump last time around uh, in 2016 when he was running in a primary in the caucus there. And I, I suspect that, that some of that same sentiment is still present today. Northwest Iowa is very conservative, not only politically but religiously, and that's where he is, uh, where, where he has had, where he had trouble in 2016. Um, and, and, and as you re- recall, he he actually lost Iowa. I do recall that he actually lost Iowa. So let me let me ask you this: the primary calendar. W- w- Looking on the other side of it, what what are the Democrats likely to do, given the fact that most of them don't want Joe Biden as their nominee? Yeah, look, I I, I, I don't know why I say this, but I just I find it hard to believe that they're going to end up with Joe Biden as their candidate, as their standard bearer. I mean, think about it. You know, one out of every three Democrats thinks that he's not a strong leader. A majority of Democrats and uh, excuse me, a, a, a narrow majority of Democrats believe that he he's not too old, but you know, 41 percent of Democrats think that he is. I mean, these are not good numbers. I mean, he's getting 20. Robert F. Kennedy, who who's sort of a nut, is getting 20 percent of the vote, and Marianna Williamson, who is a nut, is getting like 8 percent of the vote. And the sitting president of the United States is sitting there with like 60 percent of the vote. That ain't a good place to be if you're the incumbent president of the United States and you don't have serious opposition. My gut tells me that at the end of the day, somebody's going to step forward and say, my party, our country would be better served if the Democrats had a real choice. And so with all due respect to the sitting president, I intend to offer myself for the Democratic nomination. And here's what I'm running on. And, and that I don't know if that's the governor of New Jersey, Murphy, or North Carolina Cooper, or Whitmer of Michigan, or Polis of Colorado, or Pritzker of Illinois, or Newsom of California, or if it's Senator Booker, or it is Secretary Buttigieg, or Infrastructure Chief Mitch Landrieu. But somebody's going to say, you know what, this, he, he is not looking good for 2024, and our party deserves better, and offer themselves up. Carl Rove is our guest here on Fox Across America. Carl, one of the things that concerns me deeply about uh, about the 2024 election and about elections in general is I think the Democrats are better at it. I think the Democrats are real good about collecting ballots. And I think the Democrats are real good at, the, at just the, the, the processes of getting ballots in the box that they can count on Election Day. I think Republicans have got to tighten that up. What do you say? Uh, look, it's mechanical. 
Uh, and so you're right. The Republicans can do a better job of it. And where they do, take Florida. Florida, big early vote. And guess who wins it? Last time around, the Republicans did. Because they set their mind to organizing, as we used to do here in Texas, a grassroots effort to identify and get out the vote. And they have been at it at this for a number of years under uh, under DeSantis now and Rick Scott before him and Jeb Bush before him. And the Republican Party got strong and focused on the block and tackling. One of my favorite headlines of the 2022 election was in The New York Times that said for the first time in 20 years, there are now more registered Republicans in the state of Florida than Democrats. Well, heck, it was the first time in history there are more registered Republicans than Democrats. This happened, in, I think, in 2021. And it's like now it's like 400, 500,000 more registered Republicans than Democrats. And so what happened? The Republicans won the early vote as well as the Election Day vote. Here in Texas, we've been voting early since 1988. And we generally and, you know, used to have great big get-out-the-vote operations, but Je- Je- uh, Senator Cornyn four years ago and uh, Governor Abbott in 2022 had big get-out-the-vote operations. And Governor Abbott, the Republicans did great in the early voting, which is about half the vote in Texas, and cleaned up on Election Day. So as long as we put our mind to it, we can win the early vote. And it, it is important for us to put our mind to it because – if you get your 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 you know your most passionate voters out early, you're able to track who's voting, and and it allows you to focus your efforts on your supporters who are not as enthusiastic about getting out, and and you and you can get them out. But you have to make the effort to doing the basic blocking and tackling of politics, and unfortunately, too many state Republican parties have gotten away from doing that, and to, and 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 the the slack has been picked up some places like here in Texas by. Governor Abbott in 2022 and Senator Cornyn in 2020, but that doesn't happen in every state every time. Carl Rowe is our guest here. Carl, the the swing states in 2020 were Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, North Carolina, and Florida. I could argue that Florida is no longer a swing state. What do you say about the other five? Well, I'd, I'd add to that, uh, you know, I'd add Nevada, which is, the Democrats are winning narrowly, New Hampshire, which they had problems in, and I'd add Georgia, which they captured in 2020. Yeah, I meant I meant to include uh, Georgia. Sorry about that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but look, I think that's uh, I, I, I'm feeling okay about North Carolina. Uh, you're right. I think Florida has moved, depending on who the nominee is, particularly if it's DeSantis, it's moved out of the competitive uh, range. Think about the state that's missing out of there. What has been the quintessential uh, uh, battleground state for most of our adult lives? Ohio. No longer, no longer a battleground state. But yeah, I think you've, I think you've got it right. You got the Great Lakes states of Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin that are going to be competitive states. You've got the, you know, uh, some Sun Belt states in Georgia and Arizona and Nevada, uh, and then, uh, you know, it gets slim pickings for either side after that. You got to try and find a couple of places where you can play on offense. That's why the Democrats, I think, are going to be very strongly involved in North Carolina because they're hoping that uh, they can bring it into play and why Republicans have got to be looking for other places, whether it's a whether it's a Minnesota or a New Hampshire, uh, that they can bring bring into the uh, into the fray. But you, you've got you've got the battlegrounds for 2024. That's for certain. Listen, I was in uh, New Hampshire for the New Hampshire primary and I saw Joe Biden slink out of town before the polls even closed 
knowing that he was defeated, and in my mind, knowing that his candidacy was over. And then you look up North Carolina, the next thing you know, not only is he back in, he's, he has a clear, easy march to the nomination. But this cycle, which of these two is, in your opinion, based on what we know today, is best able to go grab those big chunks of, of electoral votes in the, in the big states of Pennsylvania and, and uh, Michigan, and Georgia, which without some combination of those, doesn't win. Yeah. Well, you know, again, it's too early to tell, but I think it, it is, it's going to be easier to get it with a new face than an old face. That is to say, what has Donald Trump done in the last three years that has convinced somebody who voted for Joe Biden or sat it out in 2020 uh, to come out and vote Republican in 2024? So I don't know if that's DeSantis, certainly got a great record as governor. Uh, I don't know if that's Tim Scott. I don't know if that's Nikki Haley. I don't know if it's somebody else that we haven't been talking about or really paying attention to. But but we'll have a better shot at picking up uh, the White House in 2024, in my opinion, if we have somebody who's focused on the future, not on the past, who's a fresh face that is able to say, you know what, it's time for a generational change. I mean, think about this for just a minute. In 1960, we had an admirable president. His name was Dwight Eisenhower, good man. But he had been born in the 19th century, and the American people said, you know what, it's time for a generational shift, so we want to pick between two of these young men who are, ironically enough, both veterans of the Pacific Theater and World War II, both of them in their early to mid-40s, John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon. Obviously, Kennedy won the election narrowly, and for the next 32 years, we were governed by men from the greatest generation, Nixon, Johnson, uh, excuse me, Kennedy, Johnson, uh, Nixon, Ford, Carter, uh, Reagan, and then finally, you know, the, the, the kid who had been an 18-year-old Navy fighter pilot in World War II, George H.W. Bush. When he was defeated in, in, in uh, 1992, he was defeated by a baby boomer after 32 years of the greatest generation. Now, today, we have had for the last 32 years been governed by men from the baby boomer generation, or in the case of Joe Biden, the generation before the baby boomers, the so-called silent generation. And I think the country is sitting there saying, really, it's the best thing we can do for ourselves and our kids and grandkids to pick between a 78-year-old and an 82-year-old. Maybe it's time for us to have uh, somebody younger. And think about it, the oldest other Republican candidate by the election of 20. Uh, 24 will be uh, Mike Pence, who I think will be 61. Most of the, the rest of the candidates are in their 50s or in the case of, of uh, Ron DeSantis uh, in their mid-40s. Carl Rove, you always bring incredible insight, and I had never thought about it in those terms. Leave it to you to put it together like that and to make it so so digestible. Carl Rove, I really appreciate it uh, having you on Thank the show you. today. I appreciate you taking the time. Hope you have a happy Memorial Day weekend. Same to you and best to everybody behind the Pine Curtain in East Texas. Oh, very good, Carl. Thanks a lot. Paul Glasser here sitting in for Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Back to wrap it up after this. Stay with us. You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi! Taxi! You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. Here in the last, like, minute and a half we, we have left before the end of the show, I want to just change course as follows. Some friends of mine right now, this very minute, are in Normandy, France. They are visiting the, the 
the the beaches of Utah and Omaha where 18 and 19 and 20-year-old boys went ashore and in the process saved the world, marched across France into Germany and freed Europe from the grip of Nazi Germany. If you visit the American cemetery at Aramanche and you see the rows and rows and rows and rows of white crosses and stars of David and realize that those are mostly young boys, 18, 19, 20-year-olds, who sacrificed a whole long list of firsts that they never lived long enough to experience in order that the world could be made, made safe for freedom. This is, the, this is the weekend that you remember that those people who died in, in the wars that Americans have fought are who purchased the freedom that we enjoy today. So go take advantage of the sales, but make it a happy Memorial Day. And remember, we're remembering for a reason. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. I hope you'll follow me at youtellmetexas.com. Hope to see you next time. Until then, make it a safe and happy Memorial Day weekend. And God bless us all. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.